Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to DW Conspiracy Shack. I'm Daniel. And I'm Wilbur. Welcome back to the shack. To the shack. We're back. We're going to talk about the most amazing cave ever on the planet. Most amazing. Oh, Mammoth Cave. No, better. Better than a Mammoth Cave? This one has cheese, butter, and other dairy products. Okay, I'm in. And pecans. Pecans? Mm Mm-hmm. Or is it pecans? Pecans. Pecan. Pecan Sam? Pecan. And pecan sounds like a bird thing. Like... Pecan. No, pecan sounds like toucan. Mm-hmm. Oh, they both sound like bird things. Yeah. We're going to talk about the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> he says the best thing. Now it's the stupidest thing. Uh, Okay. So it is both the best and the stupidest thing. Okay. Really, it's the people running it and what they're doing with this stuff is the stupidest thing ever. The idea is amazing. Okay. Like, if you used it for something. Like a cave? The government cheese cave. Government cheese cave. Now, mm-hmm. wait, wait. Like government cheese? No, no. Cheese government... cave ran and owned by the U.S. government. Okay. 
So they're not like growing government cheese in these caves. Because that would be a conspiracy. No, no, it's like it's it's this is in Missouri. Uh, there's also oh. one in Alabama and other places around the U.S. I thought it was in Wisconsin. No, no, they can't put it there. They'd eat it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you had if you had millions of pounds of cheese along with butter, dried powder milk, where would you keep it? The United States Department of Agriculture answers the obvious question in a series of giant massive caves outside of Springfield, Missouri. Mm. It sounds wacky as it sounds. USDA has a large presence in Kansas City, Missouri, and when it's found itself with millions of pounds of surplus dairy, uh, sorry, surplus dairy in needs of safe climate-controlled place to put it in, where else but to logically search a cave? <laughs> a set of caves along Interstate uh, 435. I'm telling you all this information where it's at, so when the apocalypse happens, we can all go get cheese. Yes, we know where to go. And butter. Butter and powdered I think, cheese. Okay. If you had to pick between butter and cheese, so butter goes in a lot of stuff, Ugh. but cheese is like an end, like an end ingredient. Yeah, butter is like a necessary ingredient for a lot, a lot of stuff. Right, and yeah. with cheese, you got all the varieties of different kinds of cheese. But think different. about all the foods that instantly disappear when you don't have butter. Right, exactly. Can can you make cheese from butter? Kind of, they're different. Okay. So what would you pick? Butter. I say, and don't get me wrong. I eat cheese right out the bag. But I love butter. But, but butter goes in more stuff. Mm. Like butter is like, like think about all the, even just the baked goods, things right. that go away without butter. Right. I mean, you got fondue. That's a pretty good argument for cheese, but butter <laughs> takes the cake. Why is, so, so all this stuff aside, why is the government uh, in its decades long habit of hoarding cheese in the first place? Mm. It's been hoarding it for a long time. It all started with milk. The price, the price of milk was always has always been very volatile, jumping up and down based on limited supply and uh, fluctuating demand. It also doesn't help that milk production naturally rises in the or raises in the spring, yeah, rises in the spring with calving season, but demand for milk is generally at a high in, highest in the fall, when the school year starts. And to help the government, or to help this, the government looked for ways to step in and calm the market. But because milk has a pretty short shelf life, it couldn't do much to actually or to the actual liquid product. You'd have to like freeze it, mm, or like turn it to cheese, or turn it to cheese. In 1949, the USDA introduced the Dairy Production Price Support Program. Oh gosh, that's a mouthful. The Dairies. dairy, pro- the dairy product price support program. DPPSP. <laughs> Later on is the <laughs> milk price support program. When the price of uh, dairy products sunk to the too low for farmers, uh, the USDA offered to buy the excess at a stable rate. It bought millions and millions of pounds of cheese, butter, dry milk from the uh, from producers who would otherwise have lost lots of money and probably would have gone bankrupt. So the, mm-hmm. the, the origination of this is pretty sound. Yeah. Basically, the U.S. dairy industry was going through a time frame when – they, the U.S. government knew we have to get through this. Like, we have to have this product all the way through. Right. Even So we have to support these farmers during this hardship to get them to the other side or the country could collapse on the other side. Gotcha. If it makes sense to uh, Wilbur, hopefully it makes sense to all of you at home. That is true. I'm a good baseline. So the result, the, da- uh, the dairy market was stabilized. Uh, producers would have a stable income, and the price of the product would eventually rise. Then, once the prices of the dairy product hit 125% of the support price, 
the USDA would start offering off its stash in bulk. Okay. So basically what they were saying is when it's really, really low, here's our stable price. It's X dollars a pound. Mm-hmm. When the, the market falls to this or below, we'll buy all of the surplus. Right. They'll buy all the extra. When it goes up 125% above this, so itself plus 25%, we're going to sell all of our surplus off in bulk. Right. Big chunks. Yeah. So we'll talk about how that didn't kind of happen. The ha- late, the latter half. Didn't happen, yeah. Uh, it wasn't so great either. Uh, the USDA buying up the cheese prevented the prices from dipping too low, but the department also putting a ceiling on how high the price could climb. This essentially turned uh, this. Uh, this is especially true during the 1980s. You ended up with a price not uh, able to move out of either end of the spectrum. Uh, the agricultural economist, oh, so Scott Brown, the agricultural economist at the University of Missouri, I did create a very stable price, but most folks weren't very happy with the kind of operation, and it was costly for the government. Mm. So basically, it helped these farmers not go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't make any more money. Right. It just it capped. The price never went up very far. Yeah. Because the U.S. government instantly started selling all of this extra stuff. Jeez, yeah. So it kind of, oh, yeah. So it lowered their they were only ever Yeah, they were only ever making X dollars. Right. So when the price would have gone higher again, and they would have been making two or three times as much as they were. The government counteracted it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so now the, U, uh, the USDA had to pivot. They started redu- uh, reducing the support prices and buying less stock. But that didn't have a huge impact. So it moved to the next phase, getting rid of the automatic selling triggers. Instead of selling out its stores of dairy products to the market price, uh, come to 120% of the support price, it would leave it up to the Secretary of Agriculture to decide when to release it. Uh, and this is a quote. They became a political football. How to handle the release of stocks, Brown says. Not only... Sorry, oh, where was I? I got to find... Not only that, but the Secretary of Agriculture decided to hold on to the stores past the previous 125% cutoff. Stocks would keep uh, accumulating. The cheese and butter and dry milk would pile up, and the USDA would have to scramble to deal with uh, before it spoiled. So, yeah, they turn it, like, there's all kinds of problems with it. The back end of this. Right. The support end, if you would have just fed it to homeless people, none of this would have happened. <laughs> or, or, why are we making... Developing government cheese. Like, why are we making this fake plastic cheese? We got all this excess cheese. Let's hold on to both of those ideas for a minute. Okay. This article has three more paragraphs. Okay, okay. It was tricky balance to strike. Eventually, USDA decided it had enough, ended in the price support program in 2014. Oh. But it kept hoarding cheese. Still does to this day. Uh, Only now, it's for a food assistance program. And the latest cold storage report, the USDA shows a little less than (laughs) 1.5 billion pounds of cheese in storage billion with a b uh, yeah along with 355 million pounds of butter oh. 211 million pounds of pecans okay and just less than a billion pounds of french fries uh, what <laughs> so although <laughs> the current infrastructure of cold storage isn't intended to stabilize market prices it still has that effect First, the theory is of displacement. If the USDA purchases cheese out of America in the via food bank or in need via food banks and food assistance programs, does that replace the purchase of cheese of someone who might otherwise have been made? Mm. 
So yeah, it's still state basically it's still limiting the prices and stuff like that's what they're getting at. Brown argues that it's not a one in one out equivalent and that it might be a spectrum of displacement. Uh, for instance, if one person with a lower income or able to receive a pound of cheese for free, that may not impact any other planned grocery purchases. Okay. So they're saying that it may not necessarily affect the normal market if we are giving people a need uh, on these government assistance programs, if we're giving them a pound of cheese a month or whatever. Right, right. Uh, maybe the oh, so yeah. Maybe the next person comes along and they can they can afford a half pound of cheese, but they didn't buy a half pound of cheese because the government gave them a whole pound. Brown explains. So that commercial displacement with the government cheese is somewhat between zero and one. Mm-hmm. It's less than displacement, but it's more than the helps the market price. Dairy farmers do get help from today's government purchases, but it's hard to quantify the help. So what what should have been done all the way at the very beginning was instead of having the government buy all this excess cheese, the farmers should have somehow had their own caves and stored it themselves. I mean, that they could like no, no, they shouldn't have because no. they still wouldn't have got any money. They would have gone belly up. Well, I guess true. That's how this whole thing started. Is we have to give the farm with like, money so yeah. they can continue. Okay. So hmm. there, this is a tricky deal, and it's always been kind of tricky. Yeah, a hard line to you know a hard line to walk. Right. So I got one more paragraph for you. Although that this uh, the calming market prices, government cheese can also shoot up prices. During the worst of the COVID nineteen pandemic, beginning in May twenty twenty. The running, uh, running over to the next year, the USDA created food boxes to distribute to families struggling with the tight economy. The portion of these boxes included, you guessed it, cheese, cheese and mostly other dairy products. As a, result, as a result, the government spent billions of dollars, says Brown, and it's a significant enough purchase that it drove cheese prices higher. Uh, this wholesale prices of cheese uh, jumped dramatically, which Brown uh, calls an unintended, or an un an unintended consequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the government food assistance effort, despite that the USDA continues to hold millions and millions of pounds of cheese and other food storage or food resources and cold storage. Although it is not quite as it seems, it's nearly 1.5 billion pounds of cheese. Only about 300 million pounds of it belongs to the USDA. The rest of it is privately owned by companies that store, that store it in the USDA caves. Gotcha. So yes, the government does hoard cheese. <sighs> They're hoarding cheese. So it brings a whole new now, meaning to government cheese. Let's, uh, before we get into that aspect of it, they really hurt people during the COVID pandemic is what he's getting at. Yeah. Is it releasing this bulk government storage drove cheese prices and dairy prices so high. That's why they went up during COVID. Mm. Not because... Because like, the cheese caves? Yeah, because they were... You know, I, I wouldn't say it was ill-intentioned. But like people that were struggling, they, you know, they were home from work, they lost their jobs, whatever, due to COVID. They're like, we have all this, we have all this bulk. We can make food boxes. We can help. Right. You know, we can help. Yeah. And I do agree that it was probably done in the best intentions, at least for that aspect of it. On this face. On the face, and then on the back end, it drove every all the other dairy up higher, and so they stopped. Uh, so now. You're st- they stopped giving those foods to the people in need that were re- yeah. relying on it. Yeah. So now it's like it's. All, I get it. It's an extremely fine, fine hard line to walk. I, You're hurting yeah. somebody no matter what you do with this kind of program. So it sounds like all this structure we have set up to help people isn't quite all fleshed out to it, help people. So keep in mind, it started in 1949 mm-hmm. and hasn't worked properly since. Mm, makes sense. Yes. Uh, I guess that's not that's not fair. 
it did work properly for the like the first ten or twenty years. Mm-hmm. You know, it created this system to where these farmers didn't go belly up, and after the the hardship, right. they they were still at the same level of production they were. Mm-hmm. So it did work, but then what I think so let's before we get into other problems with this issue is that they should have just stopped there. It should be a thing that happens. Uh, it shouldn't be always on. Right. It should be a thing that happens during extreme hardships. Harsh, you're right. Exactly. So you just shouldn't be always buying the U.S. excess dairy. As far as the government. Yes, because okay. they constantly are buying. Right. And it kind of did stop in 2004, kind of. 2014, kind of. Kind Oh, yeah. Uh, but then they started adding potatoes. And, and then pecans? they added pecans and several other. There is a bunch of other, like, like tubers, other tubers, like carrots, for example, hmm. uh, or roots and stuff like that. You know, other things they can keep in cold storage for a really long time. Well, you had said earlier uh, French fries. Did they literally cut up, keep potatoes, or they cut them up in the French fries? They cut them up in the French fries. Hmm. What did I say? No, you said French fries. A billion pounds? Yeah. There's oh, a billion yeah, yeah. pounds of French fries. Yeah, it's a lot. They have a billion pounds of French fries so, in a cave. So you got your starch content with the fries. Protein, with calcium. The, with the pecans. Oh, no, that's it. I was thought protein calcium with cheese. Oh, with cheese, yeah. And, and fat. Pecans themselves, too, I looked up, have a high source of protein for... So they're very good things to hold on to. Or it's like they're prepping for something. You can have... I wouldn't have put it in spring... I, I'm not arguing with you. Yeah. I wouldn't have put it in Springfield, Missouri. Why? It's in the middle of the country. Yeah, not if you're going to... like You're talking about for like for the government to hide? Like when the, when the world goes to crap and they have food? Yeah. No. All those people around there are going to eat you with the cheese. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, probably... And these things aren't, this cave isn't hidden. Everyone knows where yeah. it is. Oh, okay. You can find it. Like Interesting. Yeah, it's like, it's like a sign to Cheese Cave. We got to go. I'm, I, yeah, I, we should go. Oh, when we go visit uh, our friend, uh huh. Scott. Scott. He's in Kansas City, Missouri. Hmm. We should go to the cheap cave when we see them, for sure. I don't know if they do. I don't. I know there's a lot of pictures of the inside of it. I don't know if they actually have like like Tours. tour days. We need to sample the free cheese. It's not free. Or, oh yeah, that's right. Should be. Our tax taxes are paying for them, right? Yes. Our taxes are paying for the cheese cave. Yes. Then we better go get our own slice. That's better than roads, I guess. What, you at least get cheese out of it? At least there's there's actually something I can see. A reward that the, the, the taxpayers are oh, paying yeah, for. Oh, yeah, I know. There's an actual product. At least it was paying for the roads. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. Domino's has fixed, officially, an Ohio... Domino's has fixed more potholes than the, than the Ohio government. Really? I don't Domino's know the official, pizza? But, yeah, so Domino's started getting so many complaints. I think it was Domino's. Or was it Pizza Hut? Look it up real quick while I'm talking about it. We're getting so many complaints about having damaged pizzas. Mm-hmm. When they got to locations, they had to replace so many pizzas that they started fixing the troublesome potholes because it saved them more money on the long hold. Was this specifically in Ohio? It was Ohio, Michigan, Indiana. Look up pizza company fixes potholes. No, it's 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 uh it's Domino's. Okay, Domino's paving for pizza. Yeah, so they put their little logo on the hole though they patch. Oh, okay. But literally, they figured it out on an economic level. That fixing these really troublesome potholes save them more money in the long run. Yep. There's one in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with the Domino's logo right on it. So Detroit, Michigan, they're full. It's full of them. I believe it because if you ever, if anyone's not driven in Michigan on their roads, um, you you don't really know what we're talking about or what we're going to be talking about. But 
anyone that has driven driven in Michigan, there's potholes everywhere, everywhere all the time, and it feels like the road there are always those roads where you every like ten feet you're put them put them. The, mm-hmm. the, the whole well, way on 75 what you're talking about you know why it's like that on 75 aren't they put in in sections it's test road from the 80s it's what a test road in the 80s okay uh some government study paid to put it in that part of the 75 and then took sections out to study the the compaction of the concrete uh, okay that's, that's why it's like that every certain so awful so awful so let's talk about the big other issues okay with this it's, it's very interesting stupid thing well did you say the temperature of the cheese cave? Like, what's it? It's the low thirties most wow. the most time, and yeah, it's like it's basically a, a super sized root cellar. I guess it's a lot cheaper than buying a giant refrigerator. Oh yeah, yeah. Cheese cave. We just need caves. And I believe this cave is. Uh, they said it's a cave system, but I think it's an old uh, granite mine too. Oh, nice. Okay. So that's like the walls are like all squared. Yeah. Like everybody at home, look at pictures of this. It's it's really neat. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is really good. So they did it. I and here's. You'll rarely ever hear me say this with a government program. <laughs> I think it was done originally with the best intentions. I think it, they did know that if the U.S. agricultural, specifically the dairy industry, collapsed during this this time of crisis, after the time of crisis is over, it's going to be worse because yeah. there's no there's no dairy available. Right, you got to rebuild. All the dairy industry went under, went belly up. So in the short term, it was like okay. You'll still have we, cheese and we, butter. We want to keep their product or their production up, mm-hmm. so we'll give them X price. We'll store it, and we'll you know we'll get rid of it later, and you know we'll just kind of sell it off at a low price. Is this cheese gonna last forever? So some types of cheese can like or can go up to like fifty or sixty years. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be like little chunks of this like get like every year that get too old, right? Mm-hmm. They have to throw out. Ah, nineteen. So they really started doing like a lot of this in like the nineteen sixties. No, probably most, like, there's probably still cheese from, like, yeah. the, the heyday of this in here. Oh, yeah. I want to try it. Like, mozzarella, I guess it mozzarella, that was one of the ones that, like, you can age for a really long time. Really? Wow. And Parmesan. Oh, yeah, Parmesan for sure. You can age for a really long, it's dry cheese. Yeah, it's a dry, brittle, or. I think it takes years for it to even get to where it's marketable. I, I have no idea, but I wouldn't be surprised. As crumbly as it is. Mm-hmm. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> getting really hungry. Good. Jeez. Cheesecakes, powdered cheese. You said too. Uh, no milk. Oh, powdered milk. Okay. That's what, and that's why they do. They have. There's no number. So here's the weird thing with the powdered milk. I don't have a weight. Hmm. It's the only product they have in there. I don't have a weight of. It's a lot. So that's my two guesses. Mm-hmm. It's either uh, so little it's not really encourageable compared to the rest. Like mm-hmm. it's like okay, this isn't a. This you know it's a million pounds. When we're talking about the other things, they're a billion pounds. You know. Right. Right. So it's like, ah, we didn't really put that on the sheet because it's like, it's literally just a little corner. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, like 18 billion pounds. Astronomical, yeah. Which would make sense. That's what I would do. Oh, yeah. I would love to have all that on in, dry, on hand. Dry milk lasts for a lot longer than anything else. For it. I wouldn't say that. Oh. Eventually, tardigrades will eat through the metal containers. And then <laughs> yeah. Eat that. They're the bane of every... They're all that is living and all... The reasons everything's living and everything's they dead. They will out-survive the diamonds. That's saying something. So, but we have. So, what was your issue earlier with this? Which one? Well, you, I, just, you start going through some of your issues with this program. Oh, just like, why are we still making this plastic fake cheese, yeah, non-cheese okay. stuff? Yeah, That's why one do thing. We need to, yeah. If we have all this crazy amounts of just cheese we're sitting on, is it a price thing? 
Like, is it just cheaper? Now, doesn't government cheese still have dairy in it? Just much, much less. It would have to be way. Because it still maybe, it still hits the allergy alerts. I was going to say, maybe just enough to consider it a dairy. I mean, like, I'm sure it has dairy in it. Yeah. Like, it ha- I'm, I'm sure it has dairy in it. But I'm sure it's just, like, not dairy. Um, let's see here. Like, where cheese is a dairy product. Right. But when you look at a cake, that it, it that's something that has dairy in it, but it's not a dairy product. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dairy's not the main ingredient. Right, right, right. It's a pastry. It's a flour product. Mm, I might have to do a deeper dive. On what? What's in government cheese? What exactly is in government cheese? I'm going to say it's probably 8% dairy. Okay. If I had to really, really guess, I'm going to say it's probably 8% dairy. The rest is probably like oils and whatnot. Oils, hydrogenated fats. Yeah. Because you can light it on fire like a like a candle. There's some cheeses you can do that with. Not like this. This doesn't melt. It burns. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Like, I had really... St- I can't remember the type of cheese I had at one time. But I had the cheese that's gooey in the middle. Okay. From it still, it's constantly, like, in a state of, like, decomposure. Oh, is it brie? I don't know. It was really stinky. I had it. I can't remember where I had it. It was in Chicago, I think. Okay. It's reeked. Oh, yeah. It smelled like rotting feet. Mm. It's a good stuff. You're you know how bad rolling. my feet smell? Oh, Imagine God. I might like puke. Three, <laughs> three or four times worse. I might puke then. Uh, tasted amazing. <laughs> That's funny. Tasted great. It was like yeah. so rich, so flavorful. It was crazy. But it smelled bad. Yeah. And that's where they always tell you, They always like, it, it stinks, but it doesn't taste anything like it smells. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Really cream. It was something you would want in a pasta dish. Mm, yeah. Uh, but you don't want the smell. Like That's why they don't serve it at Olive Garden. Yeah, because it's Because it would literally, you'd throw up trying to eat. Oh, gosh. That sounds disgusting. But when once you get it in your mouth, you're like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. You, you mean once you compared it to your stinky shoes? Now nah, I'm out. I check out. I don't want that. That's some bad cheese. So here's my issue with this. So in the 70s and 80s, when they have problems with ruining the market, yeah, uh, but when they sell it off in bulk, bulk mm-hmm. we have an unstantiated number of homeless people here in the U.S. Yeah, and like really, really struggling families. Yeah, I mean, really struggling families. Why can't we just provide? Them. them. Don't it's, don't sell it. Don't don't write it off as a thing. That's what was destroying the market earlier. Right. Yeah. Just give it to them. Just give it away. Just here you go. Right. It's. I mean, it's our money that paid for our, it anyway. Exactly. You don't have to make a profit. It's okay. If you tell me like, hey, we're using your taxpayer dollars to buy all this excess dairy to give to people that are really in need. Go for it. I'm happy I'll, to pay the taxes for that. I really yeah. am. If uh, you're taking my taxes and doing that with them, please do that. If it's if it helps somebody that's really in need, right? Each week you get a wedge of cheese. But that was the problem with it when they tried to do it during the COVID thing. Is they were kind of like selling it. Oh, of course. So when they were selling it, it boosts the price of everything else because like oh, oh, suddenly we're selling eight hundred thousand more pounds of cheddar right, this yeah. month at this price. And, yeah, yeah. So everything else shoots up. So you're hurting everybody, mm-hmm. and then you take it away from them, and then you screw them. And more. Then you hurt them even more, but they got their cut and they got what they wanted but out of it. There's homeless people that's not ever gonna like they can't buy cheese. Right. They can't buy dairy. Like literally, and I'm not shelter. saying cheese is like an old they, the, the old, like a great food source for continued existence. But it's but food. when you're starving, yeah. Take some cheese. I'll eat cheese. I'll even no, eat government it's, cheese. It's because it's, it's protein. It's fat. Yeah. It's, it's all this extra calcium. Mm-hmm. You know, it's calcium is so hard to get when you're homeless. Yeah. Because the, the foods people give you are you know it's food's food. But those essential nutrients, it's like that's it's like they're so hard to get out of those cycles mm-hmm. because they most homeless people like mental illness is a big thing, and then a lot of them. I just literally watched a video last night of a PhD 
uh, that she's homeless. Yeah. Uh, PhD and what was it like? It was something crazy like law, mm-hmm. and she lost in a bankruptcy suit. Mm-hmm. Had to live in her car for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and just never could bounce back. Right, and yeah. she ended up homeless. Yeah. So a lot of times, it, homeless people are, have extreme mental illness, and nobody like could, like their family pushed them away or something like that, or they're people that had a bad day. Yeah. One bad day can make you like could put you homeless. Our system set up to. Not truly help people. So, if, anyways, I guess I'm getting at with the food. Good food. Yeah. Real food. It's real food, yeah. It gives them strength to help bounce back. It gives them strength to look for a job. It gives them, and you, you need other assistances, too. Right, but you still need to eat. But food is food, right. literally. So, yeah, if you could give some people some cheese, That's what bothers butter. me, I think, the most about this whole thing. Yeah. Is that we're hoarding food. And we wouldn't... And when people are starving in, our in the same town, the same city, yeah. the food is stored. I can't imagine Springfield doesn't have like its own problems with homelessness. I don't, Kansas I don't, City. There you go. I mean, it's 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. It's full. Mm-hmm. You have people starving to death on the street when there's a cave full of french fries and cheese. With, <laughs> with You could be serving cheese fries to all the homeless... There's a there's a cave every day of the week with billions yeah. of pounds of food. Maybe we should write a start a petition. Let's change that order. Shot in the back of the head. Daniel start talking too much. Sponsored Daniel and Wilbur. Change.org. Feed the cave. homeless cheese fries with the cheese cave with sprinkles with pecans on top. Now barbecue pecans are really good. Barbecue pecans over cheese fries. Mm-hmm. I bet that'd be a killer. And extra buttery, you can fry it all in butter. Just f- deep fried ha- fries and butter. And just put a half stick on top. <laughs> let it melt. You ever had deep fried butter? I have not. It's super good. It looks. You now it congeals more like a, like a cheese. Oh. You like cheese sticks? The only one. I, oh yeah. You would like it. The only one I've seen it was like a stick of butter. They literally, you know, coated it and then they deep fried it. <laughs> And all the butter melted, but it melted in all the fried breading it was coated in. Oh, no, no. You should be able to actually eat something. Oh, like, there should must be sustenance in no, there. I'm just saying, it looked delicious. It was so you, good. Because you just bit into, like, butter-soaked sweet breading. You're getting like, hun- oh, hungrier oh. now? Yeah, I'm literally, like... <laughs> Foaming at the mouth. Yeah, it's bad. Eat. Jesus. No, so there's... It's just, I don't know. This is a perfect example of the rare times... That I fully believe the government did everything for a good reason, but then they twisted it into that stuff happened much later. I think yeah. I think the the modern government, like the modern badness in the government, really popped up in the seventies. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it came to a time of crisis, they tried to make a buck off it rather than just help people instead. Yeah. I mean, the today's the taste. Besides, maybe the seventies and eighties, the worst the government's ever been mm-hmm. is modern day. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Seventies and eighties were pretty bad though, yeah. too. And there might have been a lull in the 90s and 2000s, but it was just a, like maybe we just didn't notice as bad. Mm-hmm. You know, they were feeding the sheep. You know, they're giving the baby birds their little Not meals. cheese. Not cheese. They're, That's for us. No, they're feeding, yeah, they're feeding us like misinformation so and media. Let's talk about that. The, you know, they have these hidden government bases that we know about. Like the the, mm-hmm. the one they had to sell in, I think it was Nevada. Yeah, somewhere out west. That was in a whole, a whole hollowed out mountain. Somebody mm-hmm. bought it for like... $12 million, I got a big steal because it's basically like, it sleeps like three or 400 people. I wish I could have bought that house. It has a big the big sliding metal door and everything. They had to sell it because the population figured out where it was. Mm. 
No. And they, all the people are like, we don't want the we don't want the commoners knowing. Yeah. But we're going to stay during the apocalypse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. So ridiculous. Because keep in mind, when it comes down to that, there's going to be a lot more of us than there is of them. A lot more. And they're going to taste pretty good. Yeah. So let's. Everyone, eat, we got a local politician. Yes. Yes. I endorse that first, 100%. First DW Conspiracy Shack shirt. Yeah. Eat your local politician. <laughs> eat your local. Dip if, them in cheese. If they're not making changes, then it's eat not going to. It's not going to snowball into national changes. You got to start locally. Did, did you see that in Norway? What? That once a year. They eat their local. No. Oh. They take, and it's a big river. It's like a raging river. Okay. They take the worst politician of the year. Okay. They vote for who the worst politician of the year was. Okay. They put him in this big cage over this like raging river, and they fully dunk the cage in the, in the river. That really happens? Look it up on YouTube. Like You can watch videos of them taking this person. And this year it was like, I seen the video from this year. It's a big fat guy. How do they collect them and put them in? Like, how is that possible? There's a lot more of them than there is of, of the politicians. It's like tarring and feathering, but way worse. It's like water. No, 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 no. Tarring and feathering was way worse. Was it? Yeah. Because here's the thing with the hot tar and feathering. The hot is tar? That, yeah, it was hot. It wasn't like boiling. Oh, okay. It was hot. You got to, yeah. you know, removing it was worse. The worst part of the punishment. Ah, uh, okay. Because it would take your skin with you. Ooh, yeah. There was one... uh. And this is a way off topic, a whole different show. The witch trials. Uh, one of the local politicians, or pastor politician, he got tarred and feathered and literally had these gigantic, like the next morning when he came back, they're like, nobody's come, he's not come back to church. He came back and he had these giant, deep, like open wounds all over his skin for pulling the tar off. Jeez, brutal. That's the punishment with tar and feathering. Yeah. You look goofy peel. during it. Yeah. Afterwards, it literally, most people got died during the removal of the tar. Man. Like, there's talks of people that would wear it for years. So the cage and the jeez, that's so bad. It's like they so would just bad. instead of ripping their own skin off, they just let the tar fuse into their skin and just be part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. So Norway, I think it's Norway. Show. They uh, you need goo off. Goo, yeah, goo gone, goo gone. Yeah, that remove your skin anyways too. But hey, it worked. Yeah, acetone. No, so they have this these politicians. They physically like dunk into Dunking. a river. So it's like a it's like waterboarding dunk cage. So all these politicians do their best because hmm. they're like. I don't want to be the because it's like in March. Yeah, let's let's one up them. Let's start eating them. Let's just lop off a Not leg. Not all of them. No, the the we the pick worst a couple. One. We pick yeah. a couple a year. You chop off half their leg and feed them to hyenas and barbecue it. Yeah, <gasps> let's bring back the gladiator pit with politicians. Okay, I get to pick the animal though. Ooh, okay. Like one year, it's a, it's a really hungry Komodo dragon that I tased before he got, goes in. Okay, I like it. So, like, they used to get in trouble with bull ridings and bullfighters and stuff like that, giving the bulls a whole bunch of caffeine. Mm-hmm. What do you think, if you gave a whole bunch of testosterone to a Komodo dragon, <laughs> what would happen? Oh, um... Reptilian versus reptilian. Yeah. Or what, it's like, yeah, oh, that'd be, that'd be, it. yeah. Oh, yeah, Rep- versus reptilian? Yeah. Reptilian versus reptilian. Depends on the politician, 100% sure. Yeah. Oh, um, my, my, on, my money's on Komodo dragon. Oh, yeah, because he's more, he's already a, adept to fighting, like, physical combat, mm-hmm. not, like, this mental trickery stuff. So, I would do, you know what I would do? Hmm. Either a jacked-up kangaroo that's, like, injected with steroids, because that'd be a fun match to watch, or, like, a whole swarm of bombardier beetles. Ooh. Just drop him in a pit of bombardier beetles. There we go. And he has to climb out. Hopefully, we don't get this episode taken down for this. Do your job. Do your job. Do your job. That we pay you for. That we pay you. You work for us. But see, I think that's what a lot of the population forgets, is that there's a lot more of us. Yeah, it's, there's a lot more of us, and they work for us. 
They're not there to rule us. We rule how ourselves. The, how did the talk about cheese get to this level? It's cheese caves. It's hoarding, government hoarding, and, oh, government and greed. Hoarding. It's yeah. all boils down to greed. All it does. It. it does, really, especially like during the COVID thing where they're like, yes. they had to sell it. They're like, yes, yes, sell the cheese. Sell it for more. Raise the price. But, sir, we have, we have like literally billions of pounds. No, they must buy it. Can you imagine, like, the day that, like, the world actually goes to crap, which is coming? Yeah. And there's just all these people. Like, I would I would pay to watch it. The I would cheese pay to wars? Watch it. No, it's not going to be a war. Oh. It's going to be an extermination. Okay. Where all the small group of the government's trying to protect the, their food source. And there's literally uh, probably millions of people. Cause especially because it's being talked about more in, like, shows like ours and stuff like that. I think I know why. Now I think I know why they're not handing it out for free. Because Chris Christie's in there eating cheese fries every day. He gets them shipped out from the cheese It looks cave. like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, he already does. No, I mean more like Jabba the Hutt. If he's sitting there eating, like that's his that's his projection that's out there walking around. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't even yeah. see his legs anymore. No, they're all tucked into like eight layers of his gut. Blubber. Yeah, blubber. No, so yeah, but when, that, when the push comes to shove, like imagine the chaos. Like they're ready to gun down people to protect this food Jeez, source. yeah. But you realize there's probably a couple hundred thousand people outside with their home guns oh, that are hungry. Oh, The scariest animal on the planet is a hungry human. That's, yeah. Well, even a a certain type of hu- hungry human no, is the scariest. Any. Female. No, just any human. You will not win any physical battle or verbal battle with a hungry female. I'm convinced. <laughs> But you can just imagine that when the cheese wars happen. The cheese wars. Cheese wars, 2032. I think that's what I'm going to call this episode. Oh, that's a good one. Cheese wars. And it's going to be 2026. You think so? Mm-hmm. Before, I think the cheese wars are coming at 2032. That's when everything depletes. 32? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said 23. No, 2032. Oh, that's when dyslexia kicked in. That's when the full collapse. Like, that's this year. Oh, okay. I'm like, no, it's not happening this year. Not, not that fast. No, that's when the full collapse will be in full bloom, and people are just like, "All right, we need this cheese now, and powdered milk and butter." If you, I was just want to jump in that butter pile, and then all these like little government bases that like for like most of the time they're only there for like four or five hundred. They really only fit like thirty or forty politicians, and then like all their servants, mm-hmm. their serving class. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go good for them. No, it's not. Because what's going to happen is one farmer sitting out in Nevada, someone's going to like. Watch these trucks go by and not say anything. He's gonna like, all right. They went to that hill over there. Yeah, yeah. He goes back to town. Everybody's hungry. Like, hey, I know where they're at. They just go. It's just a big rock, and they just start prying this rock open. See, it, it, here's the real. If they like, uh, what like the the government or whoever you know these politicians, they they huddle up in the cheesecake, you know, and they like, oh, we got all this food. Like we're set for life. We got it blocked off. Just takes one like mob to just throw a fire in there. It's just like, and it melts it all. And now they got molten cheese like encapsulating and killing the butter melts and burns them all. I think they kind of forget that like there's a lot of people outside the door. Yeah, they're gonna start knocking. Oh, just knocking. Well, yeah. first that's what it's gonna be. Yeah, like they're gonna be like, I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> Maybe they'll drop melted butter on the people. Unless we all die in like a nuclear attack or something right, like yeah. that. That's the only they'll reason probably that do that. They, they would they. They'll get in their bunkers and nuke everybody so they don't have to worry about, which is probably a very good uh, thing is what they'll do. I'm going to be shocked if they did that. Just get in all these bunkers. Hey, we'll just nuke the world. Then no one can come, like, swarm us and kill us. Well, 
We'll ride this out with our cheese cave as long as we can. Then we'll rebuild again. We'll try this. I think if there's only like a couple hundred of them in there, they can survive indefinitely. Yeah. Oh, and the cheese cave. A billion pounds of, of just one product. They might look different by the time they come out, but... Just cheese and french fries. Cheese and fries and pecans. Pecans. Get the full gamut. They'll probably have some of their own self-growing stuff in there, too, eventually, but... It's not very warm. Don't need to be. I mean, they'll... To grow stuff? Make their own greenhouse inside. Defeats the purpose. Yeah, underground greenhouse. You never seen those? No such thing. Yes, there is. A greenhouse? Uh Uh-huh. Or a hydroponic center? Greenhouse. No such thing. Oh, yeah, there is. Wallapini. It's kind of half buried. It's not a full on underground. Is the roof still exposed? Yeah. yeah then yeah. it's it's a greenhouse. You know, mirrors and whatnot. Mirrors and whatnot. Yeah. You know how they do it. But uh, boreholes. Then then some guy's gonna walk by. Geothermal and break, vents. Break the big. That doesn't produce light for the plants to eat. You got LEDs. I just you could see some guy if that they were doing it by mirrors walks by and just starts smashing the mirror with a hammer. So all you have to do is smash one. And they're like, oh, crap. That's not good. No. That's not good. Not at all. And then the knocking starts. Yeah, and then you that's when you then start. Then you see some redneck Bubba Jim and his uh, acetylene torch. Burning a hole through the yeah, door. Like, yeah, it's probably yeah. four foot thick. And he's like, we ain't got nothing else to, to do. do. Yeah, we're coming in. Yeah, Cutting layer and layer and layer off. I hope this we're painting a picture yeah. for every politician listening. They just sit there and they just see the glow finally. The doors are getting oranger and oranger. You see a circle starting to form. Like Like on Star Wars Episode One, where Qui-Gon's cutting through that main door to Mm -hmm. get into the... Yep, same thing. Mm -hmm. Lightsabers. Better be made of Beskar. What? Beskar. What's that? Mandalorian steel. Ah, yes. Yeah, pure Mandalorian steel can't be cut by lightsabers. It's one of like three things. Interesting. That, adamantium, and... Zillow Beast Tide. Zillow Beast Tide. Hide. Hide. I don't know what you said. It's a Zillow Beast. Mm, interesting. It's an animal. It's like Godzilla in Star Wars. Okay. Okay. You got the adamantium reference, right? Mm-hmm. Different universe. Mm-hmm. But still funny. I think that's it. I've been Daniel. And I've been Wilbur. Go, go. you know, eat your local politician <laughs> if it comes at. Uh, if, you, if you have to. If you have to. If they're if not abiding to. by, you know, what we as the people want, make changes. Squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> we'll catch you back on the next episode of The Shack. Bye. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 